You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. Glad to be with you on this Wednesday, August 31st. 2022. It's a Wednesday, but it's not a normal Wednesday. My co-host, Christina Dennis, joins me. And it's Hello. your birthday. Happy birthday, Christina. Oh, thank you, Damon Frank. Yes, I am aging backwards now. But if 22 use, again. This is yeah, just shocking to me. Regular years, it would be my 53rd year. But because I'm aging backwards, I'm going to say about 30 <laughs> well, happy birthday, Christina Dennis, Thank to you. everybody from me and from everybody from the Recovered Life Show. You're a huge part mm-hmm. of the community here and uh, couldn't do it without you. So happy birthday. We hope you have Thank something you. fun planned. I know you do. do. You have something good yes. planned. Yes. My husband is surprising me. And uh, so this is this is what I get to do today in regards to my recovery, which of course comes first. But we'll see. We're going to take a little day trip. That is so great. You know what? We did the whole episode on the power of taking breaks. And uh, I think it's important. I think it's important that you take your birthday off and you enjoy your life. We didn't get sober to be miserable or to be workaholics, right? So you have to enjoy your life. And that's what it's all about. So happy birthday to you. Yes, this is part of my self-love. We just did an episode on self-love. This is part of the action that I'm taking to celebrate my birthday. I know there are other people who share this day, but this really is the day that gets to be all about me. (laughs) So great. So, so great. Uh, Guys, we have got a great show talking about uh, putting ourselves first here. We picked a topic that I think is really going to be uplifting for people who feel that maybe, you know what, little down in the dumps, maybe things aren't working the way that you want them to in sobriety. Hold tight. This next uh, 20 to 30 minutes is going to be for you. I did want to thank the sponsor of the show. This episode of the Recovered Life Show is brought to you by Loop, the active seating stool for people that want to stay moving, stimulate mm-hmm. your brain, improve your posture, and increase your core strength today. It's time to get moving. Order your Upper Loop on Amazon or go to www.beyondsmart.com to find out more. That's www.beyondsmart.com. Check it out. Order an Uber Loop. Treat yourself and order an yes. Upper Loop today for yourself. Yes, I love this thing. I mean, that's not, I mean, I love this chair or whatever it's called, but it is so good. And, and you know, I have a son on the spectrum, so know a little bit about the neuroscience and how movement is incredibly important when you're turning on your brain. But, you know, I am ADHD adjacent and this really helps me. I'm having a lot of fun. I love that. So- you like I've that? never heard that ADHD adjacent. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So are codependents that don't have alcohol problems, uh, alcoholic adjacent? Yes. Is that what we would call them? <laughs> I love that. I think so. I think so. Absolutely. I love it. Guys, we have a great show for you today. The sure topic do. is don't let doubt downsize your life in sobriety. Oh gosh, Christina, doubt. Doubt is a killer, right? right? It is. It is. And you know, we, we've talked about this before, uh, I think most recently in the self-love show, where there can be a lot of, listen, we're all learning new lives, right? We put down the alcohol, we're trying to learn how to do it. We didn't even imagine, I'll speak for me, I didn't even imagine what a life could look like without alcohol. I couldn't even visualize it. 
until I met some other people who were abstaining from alcohol. So I had a lot of doubts when I came in and putting down the drink was not the only thing that I had to do. I had to do more work and see where these doubts were hidden and where they were actually keeping me back and holding me down. So I love this topic because we all need to be reminded of this. You know, we um, we talk about doubt a lot in my Recovered Life discussion unstuck room on Thursdays on Clubhouse. And um, doubt is a killer for people because it immobilizes them not to take action. And yes. I think one of the things I've determined with doubt is I think spiritually, when we're talking about it all being a spiritual and emotional game, right? Recovery, long-term right. recovery is really, really a spiritual and emotional game, Absolutely. right? It's a thinking game. So one of the things I think that doubt, why doubt is such a killer in people making moves in their life and preventing people from having their best recovered life is there's a little bit of that spiritual lack of power there, right? Yes. Which we learn in 12-step groups and we learn anyone comes in realizes they had lack of power, right? Because if right. you're admitting you're an alcoholic or you are you have an addiction problem or you're codependent, you're, what you're really saying is, I have a lack of power in this area, right? And right. I think doubt is when a lot of people see the possibility and they want to jump into it, but doubt keeps them from that because they say, you know what, at the end of the day, I just won't have the personal power enough to be able to enact this change. Oh, I, I love the way you explain that because, you know, it would be very easy. Doubt has it. Um, price to pay because doubt is is really saying you don't have belief and I know uh, you know through my personal coaching philosophy and what is learned for me from me and through the years that I've been doing this is that belief has to be a core uh, function in your life to believe that it can happen to believe that you you know that there are other people out there doing what you think you may be able to do. You know, the, the next three are receiving, third is being aligned with your value system, and then the fourth is action. But if we are stuck in action, it may not be just because we like to procrastinate. It may be because we don't have a strong enough belief and we're doubting that it's even a possibility for us to be able to do this. You're absolutely right. You know, um, we talk about, you know, you and I were having this personal conversation the other day and I love this show. You know, I love the recovered life discussions because we're talking as a group and we're really getting in there. Right. But I like these shows that you and I do together because a lot of times we share what we're talking about with mm -hmm. our peers that all have long-term sobriety or in coaching, right? Like what's going yes. on. And we were talking last week about modernity, right? About mm -hmm. not about a whole generation of people. And I would say that alcoholics fit into this, right? Absolutely. A whole group of people who can't find a center, right? Yeah. And doubt, doubt is, I think one of those signs and signals that things might be going on with you that you're unable to find a center because Really, in the here and now, everything is okay. Whether you get the job, don't get the job, upgrade your apartment, don't upgrade your apartment, you know, uh, you find that per person you don't, right? Like a lot of this is uh, a lot of this is choices and yes. a lot of it's perspective, right? Yes. And doubt screws up with the, what what is possible in your life. It it really degrades this and. What I find is when I'm in doubt, I'm further from my center. 
right? Yes. And for me, it's about getting to the center because in the center, none of that stuff really matters. You know, none right. of that stuff really matters. When I'm away from my center, that's what matters. What car I'm driving, where I live, do I have enough, not enoughness, all these feelings, doubt, am I doing it right? I'm not doing right. it right. Could I do it better? Why didn't I do it better? All that lives outside the center for me. Oh, that's a really beautiful way to say it. And and I think that for a lot of us, we come in with incredibly painful experiences that we've been drinking away in order to cope. And it's so good to be able to name what our true beliefs are and to get really honest with ourselves so that we can go in and have a little flexibility around them and start to believe that there are other options. There is, you know, if you come in, it's like the law of attraction. I always think about the law of attraction that it's like the universe's algorithm. What you look at on social media, everybody understands that what you consume on social media, they're, they're looking at how long you stay looking at something. They're looking at some, what you like. They serve you more of that back, right? So if doubt is part of your consumption habit, right? It's going to, the universe is going to send you back more doubt, more uh, more areas in which to doubt. So I do believe that it is that direct connection to your center that allows you to keep looking at things that will bring you more belief, not less. Correct. Correct. Because it's an energetic pattern. So I always say, you know, look, if the if if you're saying to your inner core, if your if your self dialogue is, and your mm -hmm. dialogue with other people is, is that um, doubt doubt is all you see. You're doubting yourself. You're doubting every move that you make. What the universe says is, oh, you want doubt? Let me give you more doubt. Yep. Right, and it will give you that in which in in which that you practice, and and I think why the doubt is a killer part of it is I know for me. A lot of this was codependency, right? Uh, of mm -hmm. the feeling of not getting it right or the bit of like, how do I fix this? You know, yes. I always tell the story of the plumbing incident that I had in the house where I was able to fix part of it, but I wasn't able to change out the hot water heater. And my friend said, Hey, you know, why are you a plumber? I didn't know you were a plumber. Yes. I thought you were in it. Like, you know, I didn't know you were into that. And he was being serious. And I was like, no, I'm not a plumber. And then he, and he goes, well, why did you expect that you're able to do that? Right. And so on one hand, I see doubt is a self-protection mechanism, right? Like don't swim in that pond. There's an alligator in there, right? Like, yes, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, um, and there's power in not knowing, right? right. So we've learned there's power in not knowing, but doubt, I think is the fungal part of that, which starts to take over your mm. life. Right. And starts to creep in to say that every move that you made isn't good. It wasn't the correct one. And it is either right or it's wrong. And this is, this is the secret I learned on how to get out of doubt. I thought everything was very black and white. I thought I made the right move. Yes. I didn't make the right move. I signed the right client. I didn't sign the right client. I was a bit narcissistic in that. I thought it all had to do with me. The reality is many times, most of life, I would say a good 80 to 90% of it, uh, has nothing to do with me and, right. um, and isn't black or white. It's not good or bad. Sometimes it's good and bad simultaneously, right? Um, Absolutely. We don't have control over that. We live in the gray. When you're in recovery, you live in the gray. 
And that is not as comforting. We, we seek black and white thinking because we think things need to be concrete. Yes, we do. We do think that they need to be concrete. I know, right. Christina, you cut out here a little bit. But so tell us about that, why we think it needs to be concrete. Like in your thought, like, how'd you get out of that? How'd you get out of that concrete thinking? Well, first of all, I realized that my nervous system, that that's a very human experience, that nobody really likes to live untethered. We really try to orient ourselves because we don't want to be lost. But I started tolerating feeling a little lost. I started tolerating that maybe there's another way this can go. Maybe something else will happen. And I started gathering evidence where it did happen all the time that if I sought that center, God showed up, higher power showed up, other people showed up to go ahead and fill in the blanks. You know, a lot of times we hear this saying, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I don't really believe in that. I do think sometimes I've been given more than I can handle, but when that happens, I can learn to ask for help. No, so right, I can so right. learn to move. This is good. I want to dump into some more solutions, hands-on solutions, if people are surrounded and sinking in doubt about what you can actually do, some steps, because I'd love it by the end of this episode, is that people have some real tangible things that they can do to start getting out of doubt. And I know both you and I have practiced these things. So like I always say, we eat our own dog food. So more on that when we come back from this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show. So, Christina, we've been talking about doubt, downsizing your life in sobriety. We promised some people when we came back we were going to give some tips and tricks, some things that yes. we've used with ourselves and our clients to not let doubt downsize your life in sobriety. You were talking about a technique, and I want you to follow up on that a little bit before the break. You were, following a, you were talking about a technique that I feel really works. Mm-hmm. The, the part that understanding that we need to build up a tolerance and start speaking a language of all possibilities. When we notice that when we doubt, it's always because we believe there'll be a negative outcome or because we want to take information from our history and, and orient ourselves, that building a tolerance to being living in the now living in the moment and taking care of what you consume can help you combat 
doubt. First, you got to recognize it, though. And that's why we recover together. That's why uh, Damon and I coach. That's why we recommend people to find mentors, because you need to be able to recognize that. Is it even true? You know, the Katie Byron questions or Byron Katie's questions are awesome. Is it even true? Um, it, there is so much that we can do, but we got to know what we're thinking first. And when you feel like you're playing small, start with that conversation. I feel like I'm well, playing small. This is what my world seems to me. I'm starting to feel like there is no hope. And then you can start moving that information around and recognizing I need to expand the information that I have. Yeah. And I think people, you know, what happens is, is people outside of recovery would buy the car, go on the trip, do the extreme sports, right? We do everything when we were right. out there doing our stuff. We were not risk tolerant. Then we come in, we're super risk tolerant. We don't want yes. any, we want to do anything, right? That doesn't seem, and this is very, very normal. And I think it, 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 it shows that you value your recovery. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, there's a couple of things that I've used that I think have been game changers here. One is George Snyder, who we've had on the show a lot. He was a, a huge, uh, huge person at the very beginning of Recovered Life. We had him on a lot, uh, life and uh, business strategist. And you know, one of the things that he talks about is says who, says who that it's going to happen like this, right? And when you right. start asking who's saying this, when you start talking back to yourself, yes, challenge your, those thoughts. Who's saying this? Right. Who? It's who, so whose true. idea is this? Like, really confront it. Whose idea is this that this isn't going to work out? That if I take this new job, that's a little challenging. That this isn't going to work. Who's saying this? And oh, it's such what a good you technique. find back is that it'll tell you. It'll tell mm -hmm. you. It's like, oh, your uncle's telling you this. Who said you'd never do it? Or you know, uh, this is an old belief that's telling you this. This is because you had a situation when you were 22 that didn't work out, right? Like it will tell you, it's shocking. It will tell you. And then it's just like, well, that's not true. Do I want to, do I want to guide my life through something that happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago? I don't. Right. right? So I think this, this whole idea of asking who's saying this is huge. It's just, it's a game changer for me. Oh, that reminds me of uh, another one of my favorite, and I think a lot of addicts is this perfectionism, you know, is, is actually boiling it down to ask yourself the question, well, what is perfect and who says that's perfect? And that just reminds me so much of using that technique uh, when we're doubting, because a lot of times we procrastinate because we want things to be perfect. Or we believe yes. that we're not worthy of what it is that we want. And I think, you know, one of the other things, Christina, if doubt is downsizing your life in sobriety, I think you need to, to just take a page out of a business book. And I got this from yes. working in business, which is I would actually write down. So a lot of the doubts that I hear is, hey, I don't want to take that job or I don't want to mm -hmm. get in that relationship because it might fail. Right. And, right. and usually doubt, you can identify doubt versus risk of yes. it's some emotional feeling right to it. And what I say is I write that down. Hey, I don't want to, you know, like I had a friend who, who really wanted a significant other, but did not want to date was very afraid to date. So I, you know, what we did is we just wrote that down. Okay. What are you actually afraid of? Right. 
Right. This is what I'm afraid of. Okay. And then the next part of that is what's the worst that can happen? The absolute worst. Write it down. And I know that that seems counterintuitive, but when you write it down, you look at it. And then the third question I said is like, can I live with that? And, you know, like with this friend that we had, he wrote down, he says, well, the worst case scenario is I go out on a date and it's awkward and it doesn't work well. And I said, well, then what happens? He's like, I go home. Okay. Well, can you live with that? Like if the worst scenario happened for you, could you live with that? He's like, yeah. And I, then I said, you know, well, then how often does the worst scenario happens? It's, it's typically not the best scenario and it's not the worst. It's somewhere in the middle. So likely statistically, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. You'll go on a date. It'll be okay. Uh, Maybe you'll see them again. Maybe you won't. Can you live with that? Yes, of course I can live with that. Okay. Well then this is nothing that you have to have self-doubt over, right? Right. The risk isn't low. We, we build, we build up in our mind that this risk tolerance is going to be so big, Christina, that it's going to be so crushing. But the reality is rarely does the worst case scenario happen. It's somewhere in the middle. And even if the worst case scenario happens, hey, go for the job. What's the worst that happens? You get fired. Okay, can you live with that? And many people are like, yeah, I'll just go out and get another job. Okay, then you don't have to live in self-doubt. There is no right or wrong. But if the worst case scenario happens, you're not going to die. Yes. Oh, so, so good. Very wise, very wise strategy. And I think that, that, I mean, when we come down to understanding what our brain is saying, what it actually is saying, identifying the feelings, we do an inventory on them. We look at all of the possibilities. We will be able to do things. I also think it's really important to have an example of somebody that has succeeded. You know? Absolutely. So your, your brain can see that. You can see, oh, they had ups and downs. The worst happened sometimes. They still stayed there. You know, the best thing happened sometimes. They still stayed. It, there is a lot of research that says the harder it is, the more worth it. More value well, it has. That's why, you know, most of the work that I do is accountability coaching, right? We've decided what do you want? And then how are you going to go get that, right? How are we going to manifest that in our lives? And a lot of it is then, okay, then we got to do the work, right? Yes. And we got to make ourselves accountable for doing the work. Right. I think, you know, one of the pages, another thing that I pulled out of, you know, my business career is it's really a consciousness game. I always say sobriety is a consciousness game, but with doubt it is too. You have to train yourself to not be pie in the sky looking for the best case scenario, but right. not looking for the worst case scenario. This is interesting because, you know, when I've been around people who have been very, very, very successful in mm-hmm. their chosen fields and in life, right? It might just be raising a kid or, or, or you know, having a good home, right? It, it doesn't have to be some major business feat or sports feat or anything. <clears throat> it could just be something very simple, right? Uh, that's amazing. Um But one of the things I notice is that the thinking of people that are like that, the people that I look up to, they don't look for the negatives first. They look to see what's possible first. And then they look to see if their efforts are worth what's possible. What I find is that people that are stuck in self-doubt and people that can't achieve say, I'd like to open a business. I think I'm really good at making frozen yogurt or whatever, right? And then the next dialogue is every reason they can't do that. 
They don't sure. have enough money. That people always go to money. They don't have money and they don't have time. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the resources. People that um, are not in that consciousness that are in the opposite consciousness look at, hey, I'd like to create, I, I'm really good at creating yogurt. Maybe I'll create a business out of this. Okay, what's in my life now that I could use in which to optimize right? Mm -hmm. This idea that I have, they don't look at the lack and build their visions and dreams and life around the lack. They look at what's possible now in the here and now, you know, that's why you see all these great people in recovery. They get it. And they're like, I was always really good at, at you know, we, we know these stories of people. It's like, yes. I was always really good at plumbing or making fried chicken or barbecuing or whatever. And they make these huge successful businesses because it was always in their sphere of mm -hmm. consciousness in the here and now it was always there anyway. Right. They're just waking up to the fact, but if you're always looking for the worst case scenario, you're always looking for the negative outcome. You're always going to find it. In my opinion. Oh, absolutely. What you focus on gets bigger. And I, I think that it's important to also say that, you know, one of the things that makes Damon and I such a good team is because we each bring, you know, our uh, actions to the person. It's very hard for somebody to see it within themselves, you know, and it takes all of the approaches to kind of get there. I like don't let doubt down, downsize your life in sobriety because it gives us some language and some clues to figure out what do we need to do to have a breakthrough. Well, this is why we created Recovery Breakthrough, Christina, was exactly because we saw people that had doubt downsizing their life in sobriety, right? And mm -hmm. this is, we wanted something that's like, what, you know, look, I, I look back and I know you do too. I look back on, on periods of my sobriety and go, man, like I struggled with that way too long. Like yes. this was something I could have fixed in a couple of weeks. This wasn't right. something that I needed to take three years to figure out. Right. Yes. But the reality is if you, you don't know what you don't know, that's why I love recovery breakthrough is so exciting for me is because people are having massive changes in their recovery in two weeks. They come exactly. in hating being sober, hating the process in two weeks. They come out of that looking at things differently. I think it just takes a shift in perspective, but sometimes you need a guide to get there. Sometimes you have to be your own guide, you know, right. and right. how you be your own guide is stop looking at all the, the reasons why it won't work out. Now, you might write everything down and you might say, is it worth that? Is it worth the effort? And it might say, you know what? I like making fried chicken, but it's not worth the effort for me to do that. Sure. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Right. That's fine, too. But don't let doubt paralyze you. Well, you doubt is not a strategy. A risk assessment no. plan is. And that's why you have to have help moving forward. Like you said, you can do it on your own, but it might take you a lot longer. And uh, I think that is one of the reasons why Recovered Life was created, because we want to talk about these things. We want people to have these big, beautiful lives. And it's not just, Christina, people that are one week sober, one year sober. Mm -mm. No. Look, I, you, there, many of the people we work with are, you know, they're 20 years sober, 30 years sober. They, they've had you know, they, they, they're in a place where doubt has capsized their life. It's yes. totally downsized it. Right. So if this is you, if you're listening to it, don't struggle, right? Like get around some people that could help you. You don't have to go to Christina and I definitely, we're not saying that, but you need to go to someone, some peer group, something that's going to help you really move forward with this. You don't want to be crippled by doubt your entire life. Christina, so, so great show. 
great, Thank great you. show today. It was and um, amazing and happy birthday. Thank you. And and I just want to thank uh, Damon for letting me be part of this and everybody who's on this journey. Uh, what a gift Recovered Life has been to me. So I appreciate you all. Everybody go out and live your best Recovered Life. We're going to see you on the next episode. Make sure to check out the Recovered Life discussions and join us on Clubhouse. Be part of it. Be part of the discussion. Join us there. You can find out all about it just by going to recoveredlife.us. We'll see you there, guys. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us. 